pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. guest today is Malti T. Krishnaswamy, an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, podcaster and a mother of two. Malti started her career as a technical sales engineer and chose to become an entrepreneur after the birth of her first child and continues to be one till date. She's been living in Germany since 2002 with her family. Having graduated as an engineer, she runs a company that provides engineering and IT services to micro, small and medium enterprises in Europe and India. In 2019, she founded another startup, Bogia Online, a socio-cultural platform that aims to help expat Indians stay connected to their roots. The platform brings together artists and art schools across Europe to bring experiences that matter from the rich Indian culture to the people of Europe. She hosts a podcast titled The Impressive Empress, where she talks to impactful Indian women leaders across the globe about their inner journey to empowerment. As a speaker, she likes to talk about all aspects of a woman's life and her talks would focus on ways of elevating the soul to ensure a positive personal growth. Malti supports education of girl children, providing food and clothing for the underprivileged, protecting and feeding cows, and in promoting Indian arts and culture. Listen in as Malti shares her journey, thoughts, and life. Hi, Malti. Such a pleasure finally seeing you after conversations. Welcome to You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Hi, Rashmi. Pleasure to be on this show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm quite excited uh, to be having this conversation with you on uh, you and I. Lovely name, I should say. It's, you know, the uh, idea behind it is each of us has our own uniqueness and individuality. So it's a punning of the letters you and I for these two words that we are trying to explore through the conversation as much as you and I having the conversation. So that's how the name was arrived at. And I have heard so much about you from Neerja. And therefore, thanks Neerja for this reference. And before we go ahead to find out what Malti is doing today, I would love to know what little Malti was like. So take us through your journey. Yes, thanks Neerja for this uh, wonderful, uh, you know, for, for having me on this show, for referring me to uh, Rashmi. Uh, like the name, I think it makes it uh, takes this conversation to a whole new personal level 
you feel that instant connect and I'm really happy uh, that I'm here. The little Malati, um, I don't think I was very different to what I am today. So um, I, I, was, I was probably good at academics. I, I was a good student. I was always in the top ranks. I loved math. I loved science. I wanted to be someone who would uh, go out and make a difference to the world. I was quite aspirational. Uh, my dad had a lot of uh, uh, dreams for me, uh, not in a bad way, but definitely he saw me as someone who would go out and do it. So I come from a family of four sisters and this okay. And uh, I used to love playing athletics. Um, I've been a captain of my school team for the basketball and uh, tennicoid. You know, I'm, I'm really sad that that game doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I, I, I loved playing that um, right from, you know, from whichever grades we were allowed to participate outside of the school. So the inter-school competitions, I was quite active. I would love to be on the debate shows. I was, uh, I was very active in the theater scene, the school theater scene. Uh, I loved uh, being on stage, which I continue even today. My God, maybe I should flip the question. I should ask, what did you not do? There are many, many things. Uh, <laughs> but I know about Rashmi, I've been quite lucky to have people around me who were uh, more confident in what I can, uh, rather than, you know, me being self-confident. I think that kind of, uh, that's been a wonderful grace uh, that I've had. Uh, I continue to have it even today. Uh, so that really helps, you know, so uh, when you have someone tell you that, you know, hey, you can do this, you know, why don't you go for it? That gives you that extra boost. Where did you grow up, Malti? Today you're in Germany. Where did you grow up? Um, my childhood was predominantly in uh, Madurai, a, a small town, uh, though it was, you know, a, a swell capital of a very big uh, kingdom. Uh, but now I think it's kind of moved to a big town. Uh, it's known as the Temple City um, of Tamil Nadu. So I studied, uh, I did my schooling there. Uh, then I moved to Chennai and there it was you know, a huge culture shock, I should say. When I moved from a small town to Chennai, uh, this, uh, you know, all confident uh, girl suddenly moving to Chennai to do her uh, university. It was like, uh, I felt like a fish out of a pond because you know, uh, speaking English was one of the challenges, I should say, because in, in Tamil Nadu, in, in growing up in Madurai, we were very comfortable talking in our mother tongue Tamil and uh, moving to Chennai and uh, it was it was not very easy. But then uh, um, I think my upbringing had kind of uh, helped me wade through these challenges uh, with, an, uh, with an open mind, I should say, you know, not getting bogged down, I kind of quickly picked up, made friends easily, and uh, all of that kind of uh, helped. And I did my uh, engineering, and then- so It was natural, a good student should do engineering. So you moved along with the flow? Yes, but you know, I wanted to do something different. So before engineering, I studied uh, geology. And, uh, you know, today we talk a lot about uh, gender equality, gender diversity, and all of those things. But back then, we did not have any such thing. And in that course, uh, I really loved the course. Uh, it was something so very different for women to do at the point of time. In fact, I wanted to get into mining. And all of India, there was only one university of Ghaziabad, which would offer mining. 
but they would not take women students. So they were, they were, there were no admissions for girls. So the next best thing for me was to join geology. I joined geology, but then I was the only girl in that, uh, in that entire batch of uh, 15 students. And uh, it so turned, I joined with a lot of passion, but it so turned out at that point of time, um, people who did not score very well would kind of take this course. So I did not have a, a good set of batchmates, very sadly, and I had to quit. And then the following year, I took up engineering. And then, um, yeah, so uh, like I said, I was quite aspirational. Uh, but then, um, you know, life has its own twists and turns. Uh, so I had to get married early. Uh, just a couple, I, I took up a job right after my graduation and uh, soon after I got married. And then within a couple of years, I had my first daughter and uh, then uh, you know that aspiration kind of never dies you know in those days too i mean we did not have um, a place where you could leave your child and you know get on to work so um though i enjoyed motherhood i do till date i have a son also uh but this aspiration in you the fire in you never dies you know you always want to uh, stoke it feed it with whatever you want uh, so I had to do a lot of uh, uh, discussing with my husband and he was open to, to, to whatever uh, I wanted to do uh, but then we we took a very conscious decision and I'm so happy that we did that that uh, family comes first family is number one priority and that uh, I would be the one who would take care uh, and why I'm so happy that we took that decision today is that I can proudly say that I have two lovely children who are very grounded and who are doing quite well for themselves. So that's, uh, I could really pat myself on the back. I'm not saying this with arrogance, but I'm saying this with a lot of joy and contentment, you know. Uh, so that's, um, that's maybe. Uh, so your kids were born and they completely grew up in Germany? Uh, no, kids both were born in, uh, in India. My daughter was born in Chennai. My son was born in Bangalore. But soon after my son was born, we moved to uh, Germany. And uh, that's when um, maybe I, uh, you know, um, probably I should give a little bit uh, before I moved to Germany. I started off on my own because, uh, like I said, you know, we did not have the kindergartens so or we did not have the daycare centers that we have today. Uh, we didn't have it back then in the early 90s. Uh, so I decided to do something on my own. I started off, you know, talked to people, uh, reached out to relatives, reached out to um, uh, friends who could help. We were in the, we, we were, I mean, we were, uh, you know, early 90s was not the day of internet. Uh, you know, it was still in, a little further down uh, in the years. Uh, but early 90s, it was still, we did not even, I mean, of course, we had the email. Uh, but that was also quite expensive. Telephones were expensive. Mobile phones were non-heard of. <laughs> and uh, the only way of communication was either go in person, talk to them on the on the landlines. That was also quite expensive because you had to pay by the minute. And also, uh, or it could be the you know the good old way of writing a letter. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I reached out to people, talked about what what are the possibilities. Um, uh, to for a woman who wants to do something out of her career, out of her education. Um, so then I um, then I was I was once again, you know, 
lucky to be guided into something that I enjoyed doing from home. I slowly built up my business, but then we had to move to Bangalore and then to, to Germany. So um, like we had decided, I would I would take care of the family. Once we moved to Germany, it was, it was totally a very different culture, uh, a very different language. I, I did not know a single word of uh, German and uh, and uh, the kids had to go to the german school i mean my son was still a baby uh, the daughter had to go to a german school and um, one of those challenges uh, came along and um, i mean i wouldn't say it was it was easy uh, for me i loved i loved everything about uh, india i still do uh, who you are depends on your upbringing depends on what you enjoy doing. Uh, I think we kind of navigate our lives, we prioritize things in our lives based on the, the kind of values that we pick up as as child or in our teens or, you know, maybe up to 2021 is what uh, frames you. Of course, uh, we do change. I think change is the only constant in life and we should be prepared for the change. But the core of you, I think it depends on what what you enjoyed doing as a child or what you enjoyed uh, really in your life. So that those were uh, uh, the things that I uh, I really liked were celebrating the festivals. Those okay, were okay, one minute, one minute. I just wanted to take a pause here, Malti, because this is very interesting. Starting off in Madurai, then you came to Chennai, then in Bangalore, and then to Germany. The Malti of Madurai to Chennai was a culture shock, and then you found yourself. The Malti from Chennai to Bangalore uh, was trying to get on her own, and here is Malti now packing off to Germany. Looking back, where was the shift happening, Bang uh, Chennai to Bangalore or Bangalore to Germany, that the Malti started shifting? Where did you find yourself? Did you find yourself, or you were not lost at all to find yourself? Well, um, maybe I'll answer your last question first. Where did you find yourself? I think I found myself in Germany uh, because, um, you know, there's, um, whether it was the shift from Madurai to Chennai to Bangalore, uh, it was always within, uh, within the same uh, yeah. cultural sphere or, uh, you know, I'm very, like I said, you know, I'm a practicing Hindu and uh, I loved everything about our traditions and cultures. So even though the city changed, the place of residence changed, it was still the same thing. Uh, but when I moved uh, to, to Germany, these were the things that were kind of um, not there. And when, when we moved to Germany, we did not even have a big Indian community. So it was, it was um, and uh, like I said, you know, it was not, uh, we just had Skype, the beginning days of Skype, but we did not have a constant internet, again, calling home was, was very expensive. And I'm a people person. I need to, to uh, I, I love talking to people. I love sharing uh, my experiences, love listening to, to what they are doing and things like that. So all of this was uh, kind of, um, maybe I went through a phase where uh, I was not comfortable in, you know, wherever I was, but the life was good. 
you know i shouldn't say that i did not enjoy this life also this life is also good you know it gives us the best thing about uh, living here in germany rashmi is that it it ha it gives us the freedom to do what we want to do it language is not a barrier language is definitely not a barrier you could still manage with the english and even if you don't know english you're still fine you can still uh, establish yourself and uh, uh, we have very good support systems for that uh, in terms of uh, the government providing you know a, a lot of avenues for growth and things like that but the the real you the core of who you are that is where i i had a meeting and uh, of course it was uh, i i kind of reached out to who you know when you go out uh, shopping in the mall if i see any indian looking face you know rashmi the next minute i would be there <laughs> trying to befriend them uh trying to find out from where they came, what they are doing, how long they are going to be there, and you know, we, we become friends. So we are still friends you know, with people whom I made friends in the 90s. I'm still friends with them. Uh, sorry, not 90s, 2000. Uh, so, so that was life. So long answer short. So yes, I found myself here. Uh, not that I lost myself, but then you need a lot of reconnect, reinvent, and restore yourself to normalcy i love this reconnect reinvent and restore yourself to normalcy normally what somebody who has been uh, from this madurai journey to chennai bangalore in germany would have tried to reinvent herself to see how she fits in what did you do well for me i think um, i took a back seat uh, i was not employed uh, nor did I continue my uh, entrepreneurial journey. So uh, family came important because they were also, we were all struggling with the language. My husband knew the language, but uh, you know, for us communicating with others uh, was, uh, was not easy. And uh, even within Germany, we moved from uh, one place to, to another. And uh, the constant shift was kind of um, also not really helping us, uh, helping me, I should say. The kids were fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I took a back seat. I, I kind of um, made sure the family was uh, enjoying their time and uh, doing what they needed to do. So in all of this, I wanted to kind of uh, focus on my education. I always wanted to do a master's degree and it's a pity I haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried <laughs> I tried looking for opportunities where I could study more and uh, things like that. But then um, when you're very aspirational, uh, Rashmi, you just want to do something. So after a few years, I think I, uh, with the support of my uh, family, my husband and uh, some good friends, I started off on my own here in 2013. So I, uh, um, but that's not the core of me. Yes, that, that kind of uh, helps. And it was not easy to start off after such a long break in a new land. A uh, lot of learnings. Um, I, I enjoy learning. I continue to learn a lot of things even today. Um, so every day, uh, it's, it's a daily practice of learning. Uh, you never know what will be useful then. So I kind of say I like to collect bits of information. So it helps. It helps. And uh, yeah, so that's okay. that's uh, Because sometime back you said you're a practicing Hindu. So things didn't change a lot from Madurai to Chennai to Bangalore. 
So yes. when you say a practicing Hindu, what is it that you were doing as a ritual uh, every day to be a, a, a practicing Hindu? Or was there something else beyond the chanting that was part of your lifestyle? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very interesting, uh, something that's close to my heart, uh, Rashmi. So yes, I mean, as a daily practice, um, uh, it was just the routine uh, puja stuff that we do. Not a very elaborate one. Uh, yeah. We have a special place for the uh, altar, and we say our daily prayers and you know, like the lamb. Uh, those were the things. But then I went through a very tough uh, uh, phase in my life uh, where it was quite challenging for me. Uh, I think uh, when it is forty, it's uh, many people try to you know make, call it the midlife crisis. But I read somewhere. Uh, a very interesting uh, anecdote which says that it's a wake-up call from God. So yeah. Yeah. I think in my case it was really that uh, a kind of a wake-up call. So um, I'm, again, I'm very thankful for the for the grace that's been there with me. I went uh, deeper into hard practices. Um, um, I I now do a lot of uh, scriptural studies uh, formally, but uh, back then it was like maybe seven, eight, nine years back, it was more, um, um, I went into a kind of a meditation, um, something like a tapas you could call, something that you can do from the place where you are. It's just that the focus uh, is, is so totally narrowed down to that one thing, uh, uh, which is God, which is, uh, for me, was very, very transformational. And um, yeah, of course, I had a guru who could uh, help me do that. Uh, what What was the result of it all, uh, Malti? When all of it this, was, you had your guru, you found your guru as well. Yes, it was a it was a life changing experience, Rishmi. I should say, I'm I'm so happy that I went through it. Uh, it it brings uh, you know, if I have to say what how it helped me externally, internally, yes, it was a lot of transformation. I was able to find my core. Uh, you know that that kind of helped me launch as uh, someone who could vocalize about women empowerment. Uh, so that's when I really launched off uh, as a motivational speaker, and I would always my 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 speeches would be on uh, the empowerment of the woman. So how I define uh, empower is I love acronyms mm -hmm. uh, and uh, empower. I can say it's it's also an acronym which mm -hmm. I call it as embrace the woman in you, tap into the power within, and emerge radiant. So that is something that uh, it was an eye opener for me. I, I repeat that uh, that uh, to myself even today. Uh, that oftentimes, uh, you know, today everybody wants to be. Um, I mean, I'm talking, when I say everybody, I'm talking about the women. Uh, we all want to achieve a lot of things. We want to be at the top and things like that. But uh, for me, I'm sorry to say, but many women are doing this at the cost of the family, at the cost of their children. Oftentimes, there's no family. Uh, oftentimes, there's no children. Uh, that kind of, uh, it really bothers me because you know, I was also part of this uh, uh, first ever global conference for mothers. It happened in India. I went uh, from Germany as a German representative. 
along with another woman. We had to do a small study about mothers in Germany. Mm. And it was a conference uh, attended by the mothers from eight different countries, including India. And the findings of this conference, uh, Rashmi, is really very worrisome for the future. Uh, we found that um, all over, you know, it's not just in India, even in Germany, I was surprised to find out that Germany had a joint family system. They had a joint family system where the family lived under one roof. And then slowly it moved to having families in the same street. And slowly it was in the same village or same town. But now it's, it's in many cases, it's just not there. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was not just with Germany. We, we have this problem in other countries like Bulgaria, Georgia, India. So we have this joint family system and then we have this nuclear family system. Now it has come to something called uh, a nano family where the child lives on of her own. Can you imagine? It's called a family. It's recognized as a family. And that is something that's very, very, I mean, for me, it was very shocking. How can the child, of course, okay, maybe once uh, you are an adult, okay, but a child living by himself or herself, what, of course, the parents uh, probably still feel duty bound to give them uh, the resources that the child need to grow up, like the money, the financial security and all of that. But what about the values, the sanskaras that only the parents or the grandparents can provide? That was, that is still lacking. And that is where I would like to contribute now. And you asked me what was the shift that happened because of my practice, this is it. So it, it helps me it really helped me in bringing some clarity and um, kind of a, a broader picture. It, it kind of helped me see or bring a broader picture of what's happening around me in the society, in the communities at large. And I really would like to contribute um, to that. And I started uh, uh, so speaking to mothers about this. But then, um, you know, when I start talking about values and sanskaras um, in this age, um, when I talk to mothers who are in their 20s or 30s, I don't come across as someone with a solid or sound advice for today, right? So today's women are more focused on the careers. There's nothing wrong about it. We, we also need that. But I would advise or I would probably say prioritize. Once you have your children, I think the priorities have to be your child. It's not, It's just not about, you know, changing nappies or taking them to school, having a lot of extracurricular activities. What, what is it that you can impart? If, what, is the, what is it that you can do to make your child unique? You know, uh, our scriptures say, mother is the first university. Yeah, the mother's lap is the first university. And Sadly, Rashmi, not many mothers provide that kind of education to their, uh, value education to their children. That is uh, quite depressing. Here I'd like to ask you, Malti, there are many women who'd like to take that conscious break and focus on motherhood. But like you said, not everyone is privileged to have a support system or a community. 
but still the frustration starts showing because sometimes it's better the mother goes to work rather than show her frustration on her children who are not having a happy childhood the purpose why she's at home now for women who are confused like that and women who are not able to do their 100% at home because they wish they were elsewhere what would you like to tell them especially since you consciously moved and embraced motherhood like you did i would like to quote uh, smriti rani who said conflict arises when there is poverty conflict arises when there is illiteracy conflict arises when there is a race to take ownership of resources i think women are at uh, not just women i think the societies at large are uh, conflicted because of that i would like to add a couple of more here conflict arises when there is inequality conflict arises when there is differentiation and conflict arises when there's a lot of negativity in the air but when women are put at the helm of things we have seen uh, that conflict has this very unnatural way of decreasing says uh, smriti irani but my question is when women are at conflict with themselves how can we bring a resolve to these issues i think this is also a question from you uh but i think what we need to do is the women need to find an anchor and uh, once again i would probably uh, like to share this acronym of empower embrace the woman in you for a very long time rashmi uh, i searched into this word embrace very deeply what does it mean you know uh, it's not the physical uh, embrace that that we are talking about it's a very deep rooted word which encompasses so many things a woman has so many roles to perform starting from being a daughter a sister and then she moves on to become a mother of course she's a friend constantly uh, she becomes a mother and uh, um, so many things and then professionally there are going to be so many things so obviously uh, innately as a woman i think nurturing is something that comes very naturally to us but when we want to move out to the professional uh, career rashmi somewhere we want to hide this we want to hide this because we want to probably be seen as uh, men because that's when uh, we probably think that the parity is established no i think we are today living in a in a time and space where this differentiation is appreciated so i think we don't need to ape somebody else we don't need to be somebody else um you know someone once said be yourself because everybody else is already taken yeah so understand who you are at the core of it that's what is very important take some time out uh, uh do a lot of introspection find out who you really are and that would help you anchor yourself that would help you understand your role as a woman why 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 is it that you are in this time and space what do you have to do what do you have to achieve and once you're done with this have a higher purpose in life because that is what will help you remove all these conflicts because once you have a higher purpose in life magic happens rashmi i tell you somehow your entire life both personal and professional you will try to find ways to align towards that higher purpose in life 
whatever it could be you know um, we all need to find that purpose a life without a purpose is like uh, i think there's a common saying it is like a ship without a sail so yeah. no, you're, you're right because uh, be yourself everyone else is already taken as oscar wilde and the ship without a sail is a very common way to say when you move rather less but how do you find yourself how do you connect to that higher purpose higher self uh, multi it's a lot of introspection like you said but in the rigmarole of the everyday life we are so lost with all the roles that we play and uh, the points we want to garner the real things that we want to prove to the external world so anchoring oneself getting deeper to find out who one needs to be and to connect to that higher self is quite a challenge in itself so how do you suggest anyone who wants to get on the journey start where do they start and what should be the first few steps they take in order to get into that direction beautiful question rashmi very beautiful question well uh, the short answer is it's not at all easy but the truth is if you set your mind to it you know it's it's not just for finding a purpose in life for anything if we set our mind to it somehow we will achieve it it's just that we are not putting our mind to it when we put our mind to it and we put our heart into it we will find a way and uh, like i told you as a practicing hindu i only know about sanatana dharma so i can speak only about that that has been my guiding uh, this thing so i first reached out to a guru and uh, from there the the beautiful journey started for me of finding myself but then uh, it's not the only way uh, i should say um i think it was uh, also uh, a quote i think it's mary lao uh, from from the african continent whose article i happened to read and she talks she gives 25 different methodologies you know i google how can i find myself you know rashmi today i can laugh about it but there was this space in life where i really wanted to do something i didn't know what to do so i kind of uh, then everybody started you know any any motivational speech you listen to they would say find who you are so it's not easy i i am malati but that's not me it's not me so how do i find myself <laughs> i'm not lost i'm here existing in the real world but uh, and I've, you know i've known myself ever since i was kind of you know born i could say so she lists out 25 different uh, 25 is just a number i'm saying a lot of uh, steps um, i'm just saying it out of memory i'm not quoting her so she says you find out what your interests are you find out what your skills are and then you find out what is it that you uh, you know inside us there's always something that's constantly telling us you know this is the way you have to go but you know we want to go this way but you know that inner voice uh, always tells us to go this way so take some time all of these take some time note it down note it down so it's a practice that you have to do constantly then come back where you started goes in circles but then eventually you do find yourself you don't have to be very spiritual or very religious is what she says but i think it it really helped me to speed up the process having a guru and having those practices because it brings a certain discipline in you it it brings a certain routine it brings uh, no rashmi it's the faith it's the core of it it's the faith you have uh, that you will find something 
you will find the real you and uh, steps have been given to me and it's i have to do it it's my effort it's it's only me who can find me i think the faith in in, in the higher powers or in, in my god uh, really so you took me back to kung fu panda where uh, the line the recurring line in the film i think it's part 2 or part 3 i don't remember where the recurring line is finding the me in me and okay. uh, when i was watching this film i realized most animated films are for us adults than for children <laughs> but behind me in the theater i found a very little voice uh, saying oh my god it's so interesting no finding the me in me so when it was break time i turned to see who it was and it was two like five year olds who were repeating the line <laughs> so today when you are talking about it on finding the true you it makes complete sense that the journey begins the lines come the words come to you from which source god but i think somewhere the lines stay with you and so, i'm curious at this point malti how did bogya come into existence what does it mean where did the name come from and please tell us a lot more about it. yeah thank you so much uh, you seem to be asking all kinds of questions that are really close to my heart well uh, i said i started off with this uh, empowerment especially for the mothers and then i also wanted to understand how the women leaders uh, are doing whatever they are doing do they have any struggles do they have any conflicts and things like that so you know i gave this uh, uh, speech once about it was it was a women's day program it was a program for women leaders and talking about women empowerment you know that was a time when uh, i was just coming out of my you know the the difficult phases in life somebody asked me if you would like to give a speech i was so hesitant rashmi i was i was literally you know it was just a question they they did not say they did not invite me already to give a speech they just said do you want to it's an opportunity but then i was shivering i was so totally cold in my feet i said no i i mean i didn't tell them i just told myself no i don't think i can do this but then the next day i i wrote to them i'm going to talk about internal empowerment of women and they were shocked what is this internal empowerment i said you'll you'll hear me out so this this is what i say you know uh, i have put my mind to it i have now given a commitment you know from where i cannot go back so that speech was received very very well uh, by the it was predominantly a german audience um and uh, somebody came up to me and said have you already written a book i was like my god <laughs> so uh but then um i came back home and then i kind of i do a lot of self talk not that somebody can see me but then it's it's always there in the back of my mind i do a lot of self talk i have my conversations with god and then i started uh, one day i said okay is it true whatever i spoke in that uh, speech is it true i wanted to I wanted to really find out if that was indeed true. So that's when I started my podcast with the women leaders. It's called uh, the Impressive Empress, and I'm so happy that Nirja was one of the speakers there. Uh, I have now uh, spoken to about 21 different women from various walks of life, and uh, I'm I'm so totally enjoying this uh, conversations with women, uh, understanding what makes the person do. I mean, these are women who are. are uh, creating a lot of impact in the society um and they are like the hidden gems it's not that they are doing this for some award or something like that of course it, coincidentally they get recognized 
but that's not their primary purpose. So I talked to these women and, and the journey has been amazing. And, and then at one point of time, I realized, I think I needed to do more. Uh, it's not just giving speeches that's going to help. I wanted to reach a broader audience. My health wouldn't permit me to, at that point of time, to, to move, uh, to travel a lot. And, I'm, and I don't enjoy traveling uh, so much, Rashmi. But then I, I had to find a way through which I could reach more people. And um, obviously, by God's grace, I was, uh, I was, I think, literally handed over on a platter, uh, the idea for Bogia. So that's when, um, about four years back, uh, the idea was born. And I was so totally new uh, to developing a website and things. I knew zero about it. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that because I think oftentimes we always think that you have to know everything before you start anything. Uh, but Rashmi, I would say I started with zero knowledge. I would bug a friend of mine as to how I, what is a website? You know, for us, it's like, it's it's all there today we can you know we google and we can visit so many websites but then how do i create a website how i wanted to do it all by myself so that you know uh, i understand the nuances i understand the tricks of the trade it is quite challenging it's nothing comes easy in life it's, it's i constantly say that to everyone my children especially nothing comes easy in life but but if you want to, you will achieve it. Um, so that's how Bogya was born. Bogya's idea is all about ways in which Sanatana Dharma can help one have a harmonious life and uh, leave a world that's going to be very good for generations to come, not just for our children and grandchildren that are not going down the line. So that's the idea for Bogya. And it's still taking very baby steps now. And as far as Indian culture is concerned, is there any way, anything that you're doing out there in Germany to make sure that at least the Indians there are aware of what culture we come from? Uh, that's something that I don't have to do specifically, Rashmi, because we have uh, today the population, if I have to say in, in, in the area that I live, it's like 68,000 Indians. Uh, it's the greater Frankfurt area has uh, 67, 68,000 Indians. And uh, we have uh, uh, Indians from all over uh, India, and we have Indian associations there, and we have a lot of these cultural uh, festivities that happen. But uh, my work with Bogya is to highlight such uh, events. And uh, I also work with uh, some of the artists who travel from India, and uh, we try to organize some uh, concerts or dance shows for them here. That's one support uh, that I offer. And uh, yes, Bogia, we also bring a lot of workshops uh, from uh, people who are practicing the different uh, art forms. You know, we in India, we have 64 different art forms. And if anybody wants to offer any classes or workshops, uh, we provide them a platform uh, through which they can reach the uh, expat Indians in Europe. Okay, so, so when you say 64 different art forms, what kind of art forms are you talking about? Uh, it's, it's, it, it encompasses everything, uh, Rashmi. It's, it's from the uh, music, dance, theater, Turanguli, uh -huh. okay. uh, or mimicry, or chanting, uh, speaking, poetry, everything. So, okay. so there are, even archery is considered one of that, magic is considered one of that. Yeah, so we learn uh, during uh, uh, Rashmi. Ran a um, series called uh, Samarpanam, a gratitude to grandparents, with a lot of artists from across Europe. 
sharing their art journey and actually attributing it to their grandparents. So, so that was that was wonderful. It was nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because I think that generational connect somewhere is missing today. Uh, before there used to be proximity because people were not going out of the country, but now with literal distances. I think that generational gap is very evident uh, because after a point, there's nothing common children have with grandparents to talk about. But there was a generation where there was a seamless conversation with grandparents. So this yeah. is beautiful. This is very beautiful, Malti. The pandemic, Malti, was one space where all of us went into hibernation. Literally, we were pushed into hibernation to pause and see what we are doing and what we intend to do in future. And if there is a future at all. And everyone took back some lesson from it. What were some of the reflections for you as far as the pandemic? Pandemic, yes, it helped us all turn within. I think everybody probably did that at one point or the other. It was like doomsday. We didn't know when we would come out of it. Uh, but from our side, um, I'm also part of this uh, chanting group called uh, Not Part, uh, one of the founding members. Uh, it's called Parainam Frankfurt. We we are now like uh, 14 years into it. The so, Gita Parainam or some other Parainam? So we do Vishnu Sahasranama Parainam. We started with that. I mean, plus, of course, we do a whole lot of other things, totaling for an hour every weekend. Uh, once a week, we used to meet. When this uh, pandemic hit, uh, we took it online. Uh, thanks to the wonderful technologies uh, we have, uh, we could take it online and we did a 48-day non-stop. And that kind of, uh, we do continue that online as uh, husband reading that. So he, he started off with uh, teaching other shlokas and now it's running to uh, learning Bhagavad Gita chanting it's all online uh, but some of the lessons that we learned is um, you know uh, i think you should never give up uh, in life i think uh, you know you need to stay course once you're committed to something you need to stay course yes you could take a pause i had to take a pause because my health had taken a beating and i had to take a pause but personally for me during the covid time a lot of good things had happened my daughter got married and I, I have become a grandmother and uh, those were wonderful times, but also the health took a beating. So you need to realize that uh, you know, one cannot go on. So though it is a, a socio-cultural entrepreneurship that I'm doing right now, uh, I needed to, I, I had just begun, you know, uh, my other business of export is still happening. But uh, one needs to realize that uh, taking a pause is okay. Um, it's, it's a race, but it's a race against what against who and that's something that we need to answer um, to ourselves and uh, having the clarity kind of helped me uh, to say okay i mean uh, things are not uh, going the way it should but it's still okay uh, so that was one of the uh, main takeaways for me and um, yeah so you said it was a race it was a race for you with your past self the current self and the future self, what was the race for you? Each one of us, like you said, has our own questions. But for you, where was the race and what was the race you were on? 
uh, I mean, it's always a race that one wants to uh, yeah. achieve certain things in a certain yeah. period of time. Uh, so we have certain short term and long term goals. But for me, uh, like I said, uh, Sanatana Dharma has shown uh, that one aspires to have four different goals. Uh, Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. And uh, as a society or uh, globally, we seem to be more focused only on two of these, which are the Artha and Kama. And there's a lot of... Uh, uh, artha is uh, the material pursuits and uh, Kama is the desires. Uh, but, you know, uh, my practices, uh, thankfully to my gurus, taught me that if you add a magic ingredient to these two goals of uh, material pursuit and uh, desire of the sensual pleasures, it becomes, it leads you to the fourth and the ultimate uh, goal of moksha, which is liberation or yeah, getting out of this circle of life and death. And this magic ingredient is called dharma. So the minute you put dharma, you add dharma to artha or to kama, you can be rest assured that you are on a safe path to success, success that is sustainable success. It's not, um, and that will lead you to your higher purpose. So it is all intertwined and uh, it's just that uh, I love enjoying, I mean, I'm, I'm totally enjoying these uh, scriptural studies which help me uh, stay on course, stay aligned to my purpose. So um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Wow. wow. This is so beautifully said. Uh, so Kama, Artha, Moksha, Dharma, all these are terms for a lot of us. And uh, thank you. Thank you for simplifying it and bringing it in to say how we can incorporate it in our everyday existence. So as we are leaving Malti, three life lessons that you'd like to leave us with. When I rediscovered the new uh, me, me, <laughs> the very first thing that I thought I should focus on was uh, motherhood. Uh, so my first uh, life lesson is uh, as a mother, I think we need to make sure that we impart our children with uh, venerable values so that they can have a vibrant and valiant life. So that would be my uh, first and foremost lesson for uh, every woman who's a mother there. You know, um, in this global conference, there was a very interesting uh, speech given by the Minister of Culture. When we say mother or motherhood, we only think of a woman. But, um, you know, within us, within every individual, we have this both feminine and masculine qualities in all of us. Uh, at, at various points of time in our lives, one or the other of this would be at a higher level than the other. For a woman, it's natural that she has more of uh, the feminine qualities, but we have also seen uh, a lot of men having these feminine qualities. There's nothing wrong in that. That's why we see a lot of men Sometimes more than the woman, like in, in a family, sometimes more than the mother, the father would be taking such a beautiful care of the baby or the, or the kids. Uh, today, when, when you have to live as an expat, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm so proud and so happy to see a lot of young parents both uh, contribute equally uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to the family system. Uh, each one, you know, they have their duties divided and uh, they, they take care of the child very well. 
so it's when I say the mother, it's the motherhood that I'm talking about. It's not just the mother, the woman, the man can also contribute in that. But the important point is that, you know, we need to impart these lessons. For me, a purpose is, is very important. Uh, having a purpose in life, you know, you can have short term goals, but you must have a higher purpose because uh, I think without a plan or a goal, whatever efforts we take will not be purposed in the right direction. So to have a clear direction, I think a purpose is required, you know, just like uh, we when we travel uh, by car, you know, in Europe, it's very common to go from place A to place B by car. So as soon as we enter the car, we give the address and then we take the route shown by the, the navigation, the Google Maps or whatever it could be. So similarly, in life, you need to fix your goal and then learn to navigate unless you have this goal you will not know where you're going and once you have this goal you need to get the job done and do it well with Rashmi I'm going to give you an acronym fee without fee you know like I say anything that comes free is not so valued but when you pay a fee it gains more value and this fee is focus energy and enthusiasm pay your fee your job will get done well so those those are my lessons uh, rashmi i hope people find it useful i found it useful i have personally used this and uh, i hope the listeners do too wow wow this is so beautiful so amazing i think just being conscious of the fee you are paying and how you're making a difference makes a big difference in how the world reflects back to you. Thank you so very much, Malti, for this amazing conversation. It was such a pleasure hosting you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Your dreams with Bogya and whatever you set out to achieve as a result of it all come true. All the very best. And if there's any way I can be of any assistance, I'd be really happy to be part of that journey. All the best on your journey and stay blessed. Continue inspiring. Thank you so much, uh, Rashmi, for having me on the show. Denzel Washington said, don't aspire for anything. Aspire to make a difference. I'm happy to be able to do that. And uh, I, I am also grateful for the, for the divine grace that stays uh, with me all the time. Thanks once again, Rishmi, for having me on the show. It was lovely talking to you and sharing my experiences. Likewise, Malti. Take care. Bye. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdeye at gmail.com that is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.